Let's begin now. And let's do this. Woo! Little Ric Flair to start the show today, baby. Let's keep going, baby. Nine o'clock. Going to be a long way to go till 530. Doesn't seem real, but hey, at least it's Sunday. Uh, no longer three guys, one mic. Two guys, one mic. Yep. Uh, Nick Schwartz. Uh, well, he'll join us in like five minutes. But currently in the process of coming back to the state of uh, Missouri slash Kansas, wherever he lives. I don't know. Uh, neither do you, which is probably the best thing. Uh, but Rob Brenton, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson, all with you today uh, on 610 Sports Radio. We're up until 1 o'clock, loaded with guests. Every single one of the hosts will be on here, and then for some reason we're having Nick. Um, but a uh, lot of big news today, right? The Super Bowl is happening today. You can say Super Bowl on radio, right? Like, I'm yep. okay? All right. Long, you're not doing a commercial. I don't want to get buffered over here and, like, get sued by, like, a million dollars. That guy. As long as you're not doing a commercial. That's good. Uh, I heard Budweiser has seven minutes locked up in commercials today. Our, well, That's a ton of money. Dude. We, have, we have four hours. You know what I don't care about when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? <sighs> the commercials. Yeah. And now it's like the commercials lose buzz, right? Like the commercials yeah. are no longer. Because like, I think they're all available right now to watch. Yeah. Like the uh, the Breaking Bad one, that everyone's like, oh, this would be the best one. I've, I've seen it. I know it yep. exists. Doesn't, doesn't matter anymore. Movie trailers, I can watch the next day. But uh, at my watch party at the bar I'm going to, you know the commercials are going to be time for me to check Twitter. That's what the yeah. commercials are going to be. Cause there's a football game. today. That's right. Yeah. I don't, and that's always weird that some depends on which watch party, but that is a good question for the text line though. Nine, one, three, five, eight, six, seven, six, 10, two easy ones. What's on the menu. How are you watching the game? I had a lot of people reach out to me on Friday night and said, it's the third one. Um, I just want to watch this at home. I don't want to be in a big party. I want to actually like watch the game. The last few games they went to a lot of people said, or at least the feedback we, I got was, Everybody talked during the game, and then everybody was quiet during the commercials. So 913-586-7610, Jay Southland, Toast Service text line, Nick Short at 905. But, Rob, you would mentioned something earlier about this year's Super Bowl, which Super Bowl 57, Chiefs-Eagles, 530. You feel like the buzz is a little flat, like a soda's been open for more than an hour or so, and it doesn't have that same sizzle to it. Yeah, and maybe it's unfair. I have kind of thrown the COVID Super Bowl out, the Bucks Super Bowl, because I think yeah. a lot of buzz died there for it's a pandemic. People couldn't go to watch parties, couldn't people go to bars. If you remember that day it was like a snowstorm, it was freezing cold, miserable sure. day. I've I've thrown that one out. But when I look at this Super Bowl, as far as the buzz in the city, the hype, the anticipation, I'm not saying there's none. I feel it. It's palpable. But it does not have the same energy. It does not have the same buzz. It does not have the same, oh, here we go, as that first one. And I'm mm-hmm. curious as to why. My theory on why is very simple. I think the first one was they finally got there. It's, oh, my God, it's happening. They overcame the big, bad AFC. The previous year, remember, they had lost the AFC Championship game. It was, it was a two-week party and a culmination of the Super Bowl. People were just, it, it can't go wrong. But now Chiefs fans have seen it can go wrong. Mm-hmm. They've seen their team go to the Super Bowl and lose, and they know that feeling. And now it's not just jumping headfirst in the pool of happiness and excitement because now they know, hold on. Right. If you're headfirst in the pool, bad things can happen. And this Eagles team is a fantastic football team. We're going to have four hours to talk about them because yeah. despite the way Philly talks about them, I still think they're good, not as good as Philly thinks. But I think Chiefs fans are a little bit – 
nervous, a little bit weighed into the water, if you want that analogy. You know, the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, not the same way they were the Niners Super Bowl because now they've seen, hey, we can lose. And we know what that sensation is, and it sucks. So I don't yeah. feel like there's the same hype, buzz, energy in the city as there was for Super Bowl, what would that be, 54? I think the nerves are there. Because I think with your first one, like you'd mentioned, you know, you don't know what's happening. You've never really probably experienced this situation unless you were, you know, much more advanced in life when it comes to age, when it came to the last time the Super Bowl happened for the Chiefs. And then that 54 one happens and it's kind of like, well, it can't get any more nerve wracking than that Houston Texans game. It can't get any more nerve wracking than the Tennessee Titans game. Now we're here and then the party's on. Tampa, that one just kind of sucked because there were, it just came, you know, like you said, it gave you that hopeless feeling the entire game. It was what, 21 to three at halftime or something like that, 21 to six. It was, it was never close. And, and it just, I don't know. You look at this year's game and it's kind of like you've won one, you've lost one, you've been there twice. You're starting to get used to the feeling of being great, being the gold standard. And, uh, and I think this is kind of similar to like KU fans, right? Like you've, you, you go to the tournament every year. You've seen two national titles now. You've lost in what? One? Mm-hmm. Lost in a lost in a final four, lost in a national title. You've won two titles. And now it's just kind of like, well, I mean, did they do something significant or did they just win? Um, speaking of significant and just winning, um, and Kansas. So the three leg parlay well, hits. Our next guest, uh, Nick Schwartz, uh, on his way back. You got through security, okay? I'm assuming, uh, Nick in, in Phoenix or Glendale or Scottsdale, wherever you're at. First off, bravo, Dusty, with the transition there. How about that's it? Why, that's why you're the best in the biz, man. All right? That's why they call you the dust buster. They uh, don't. That's no, I'm not, I haven't gone through security. I'm actually on my way to the airport right now. First off, so uh, I want to tell you how jealous I am. I want to get this out of the way about waste management. Like, I have no other words to say other than I am just straight up jealous you guys got to see that. Is it worth the price of admission? Or, and it is, is it a bucket list for, for sports guys to go do or sports gals? Dude, it was insane. That, that was, I found out the day before that that was the first day that the waste management had ever sold out. And last year they did 600,000 people on Saturday. So this year they actually did more. So I would assume it's close to like three quarter of a million people there. It is it's absurd. I would. It was really, really cool. I would definitely go and do it. I think if you're going to do it, though, you have to do it big. We didn't really. We just kind of got our passes and walked around and checked it out. If I were to go back, I would probably do it big to the point of getting there at 6 a.m., trying to storm my way onto the 16th hole and just post up there and get lit all day. So we didn't quite do it like that, but it was still really freaking awesome. By the way, Nick Schwartz and all our guests are brought to you by AG Power, your local authorized John Deere dealer. And by Papa Murphy's, get any medium two-topping pizza for just $6.99 in-store at PapaMurphy's.com. Nick, you've been out there hobnobbing on Radio Row with the bigwigs, the media types, mm-hmm. the nationals, the ESPNs. You know, it's been Nick Schwartz and Sal Palantonio just palling around. That's what's been out there yeah. in Glendale. What is the feeling from a national perspective about this game? Because I can tell you locally, Chiefs fans have dismissed the Eagles. They don't have the better quarterback. Super Bowl party, parade Wednesday, everyone's talking about that. But what's the national feeling about this Super Bowl? Well, the weird thing about is it, listening to everybody throughout the week talk about how they think this game is going to go is it seems like there has been one prevailing statement, which is that the Eagles have the better team and the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. 
so that if I were just comparing these two teams on a level playing field, I would say, okay, position by position, the Eagles have probably more matchup advantages than the Chiefs do, yet the Chiefs have the biggest matchup advantage at quarterback. I would probably take it a step further to say that not only do the Chiefs have the quarterback advantage, they have the three advantages where I think it matters more than perhaps anywhere else on the field. Like you have the number one quarterback, you have the experienced coach, and I think you have the number one pass catcher on the field in Travis Kelsey. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith are great, but Travis Kelsey is probably a top ten player in the NFL. So if I'm weighting those matchups, that's kind of where I would look at it. But it is kind of weird to come out here with a team now playing in a Super Bowl for the third time in four years and hear them or hear the way people talk about them, which is that I I would expect more reverence, I guess. I would expect more respect for this team that is on the brink of perhaps starting a dynasty. But that's not what I've really been hearing from all the people that we've talked to on the show and just people we've talked to in passing. I guess the most important thing that I've kind of thought about with this game, Nick, is that it's it's kind of like just – the teams, it feels like that this is like a team game for, for the head guy in charge with uh, Andy Reid uh, obviously coaching both teams. Do you kind of think that this is one of those games where, I don't want to say it because I don't want to jinx it, but it just kind of seems like there's one more like heavily experienced team as opposed to the other, and sometimes uh, these games can get out of hand. Like, Do you think this is a close one, or do you think there is the possibility that the Chiefs could you know blow the roof off this and we're sitting you know cross-legged by halftime just relaxing? I hope we are. I think that the Eagles have just been so damn good all year. Like, this isn't a team that came on late like the Bengals last year. This isn't a team that had their ups and downs and sort of had to take their lumps. The Eagles from week one looked like they were one of the best teams in the NFL. And other than the Jalen Hurts injury at the end of the season, they never really wavered from that position. I think the only reason why you may ding them a little bit is because you were still waiting to become a believer in Jalen Hurts because he wasn't this guy a season ago. So it's tough for me to imagine, Dusty, that they don't play a competitive football game. I could be wrong, but I, I don't see this one not being close. When you talked about like the, the Kings, though, right, like with the Chiefs and Andy Reid and winning the Andy Reid Bowl, the thing I keep coming back to is with Mahomes, if, if you truly think he's one of the greats, not just one of the best going, right, not just the king of this crop of quarterbacks. If you truly think he is amongst the Bradys and the Mannings and some of the greatest quarterbacks that we've seen in our lifetimes, this is a game he wins. You don't lose to this upstart team that was not a fixture last year. Like, this is the game you win if you are truly one of the great quarterbacks. And as I've kind of tried to think through all the different ways this game is going to go, that has been the prevailing thought that I keep coming back to. We're talking here to Nick Schwartz, who is – leaving but live in are you still in glendale or are you at sky harbor now like what are what part of uh, phoenix are you technically in because i know that people well, like glendale leaving. yeah no glendale is like northwest i've been in east so i think i'm more closer to like the uh the tempe area right now we're on the highway so i think we're somewhere in between gilbert and tempe well tell your uber driver hello from us Nick, you mentioned the Jalen Hurts factor, and you said something interesting earlier about the national media thinking players 2 through 53 in the roster and the depth of the Eagles is just significantly better because that is a theme I have heard all week. And honestly, may I perpetuate it because I do believe that. I do think the Eagles are the more talented roster, but I don't think that means they are guaranteed to win. Just from being out there and 
talking to people and all those things. Do you think player number one for the one through 53 outweighs the rest of it? Or should Chiefs fans be hesitant and kind of open to what the national media is saying and the Eagles do have the better roster? Or is Patrick Mahomes just such a great equalizer that you've kind of discounted that talk? Yeah, I really have. And I think what it's not just that he is the best player on the field. I think you said two through 53. Who's the second best player on the field? Because to me, it's Travis Kelsey. He's the only other guy that's a top 10 player in the NFL. And then from there, I think we can have a conversation between Jalen Hurts and Chris Jones. Like, yes, I get it. Quarterback means more. But if we're just talking about pound for pound, who are the three best players on the field tonight? I think they're all wearing red and white. So I think the point about Mahomes is important in that he is the best player on the field and he plays the most important position. So it's doubly important. For me, uh, in him, I think it's can you play your your one-of-one game? Can you play your A game, which, as we know, is superior to anybody else in the NFL's A game? If Patrick Mahomes plays his A game, Chiefs win. There is no caveat. There is no but. There is no or. There is no and. If Patrick Mahomes plays his A game, the, the Chiefs cannot be beat. And you can't say that about Jalen Hurts. You can't say that about the Eagles in general because how many times over the last five years have we seen a team execute their game plan, play the game they want to play, and still find themselves looking up at the scoreboard after four quarters and seeing the Chiefs victorious? We've seen that so many times. So, yes, I do think he's the great equalizer. But I do think you're going to have to get his best, which you don't get every single game. But we know what he does. We know that he playing his game and doing what they want to execute is going to be unstoppable. With the Eagles, I'm not sure that is necessarily the case. Like, if, if you force Jalen Hurts to throw the ball 40 times, if you force him to be a quarterback, which so often you have to do for stretches, if not the entire game in the Super Bowl, can he still will this team to a victory? That's the question that we haven't answered. That is Nick Schwartz. He was in Glendale, Tempe, wherever. Parts unknown God, in Arizona. Yeah. What's I'll, your hey, what's your score prediction real quick? That way we can log this. By the way, score predictions are brought to you by Ag Power, <laughs> John Deere, and Papa Murphy's. He's so good. So earlier you by the way, earlier you said A G. Yeah, no, no one knows that, Ag. Nick. Shh, it's Ag Power. No one noticed what you're talking about. Continue <laughs> on. We really need to get to the bottom of that. Uh, I'm gonna go Chiefs twenty four, <laughs> Eagles twenty three. So I think it's close and I think it's low scoring. But I got the Chiefs with the dub. How about this? Two sacks for Frank Clark. Ooh, playoff Frank and the under. Look at you. And that put him second all time alone behind. Uh, I love it, dude. Yeah. I, dude, that's my, by the way, just as a quick aside, yeah. that's been my favorite subplot of these playoffs is playoff Frank coming back for another run. Isn't it magical? I mean, he went from the tummy ache to the shark all overnight. So, yeah, it is a fun little little niche that he has carved out. Love it. Thank you, Nick. Enjoy your flight home, and I assume you're back in KC by the game, but, you know, never know what flights nowadays, so good luck. Get home safe. Love you. All right. Love you guys. Bye. That was Nick Schwartz. You can catch him on Cody and Gold tomorrow, 10 to 2. Hopefully they're talking Super Bowl champions. For and hopefully hung over for a very, very long time. I mean, he's going to be tired. It's a flight. That's Name right. Name of the game. We're late to break. We come back. We'll go with the guy from the morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Bob Fesco, 35-0 is my guess on his prediction. To extended Super Bowl pregame coverage with Dusty Likens and Rob Breton on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All 
All right, so a lot of people, maybe not a lot, but there's text line inquiring about the report from Schefter and Rappaport. The Eagles have gotten help from an unexpected place. Vic Fangio signed a two-week contract with the Philadelphia Eagles to help its offense prepare for Kansas City's defense. Today he joins the team, uh, or tomorrow he'll join Miami as the defensive coordinator, but for right now he is their uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That is, it's weird that Vic Fangio, a defense guy, joined to help the learn how to combat the Chiefs D, right? That's yeah. odd. I would get it if you hired him for, hey, let's see what the Chiefs offense does. And you know, his team's always slowed down the Chiefs and losses, but I didn't I didn't know you could sign two-week contracts. Well, we can talk about that a little later in the show. But right now, let's head to the phone line for our next guest. All our guests are brought to you by Ag Power, not AG Power, Dusty. There he is. Your local authorized John Deere dealer. And by Papa Murphy's. Get any medium two-topping pizza for just $6.99 in-store at PapaMurphy's.com. Bob Fesco joins us. Bob, how are you doing today? I think we've all said AG Power at one point during the last couple of weeks, my friend. So I'm doing uh, I'm doing outstanding. What a sneaky little move by the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Huh? That's, a, that's a nice little hire by them that just – literally flew under the radar and I saw that this morning and I went ooh Vic Fangio you know say what you want about him as a head coach as a defensive mind he was really really good you know up there in Denver for a couple of years did you know you could sign two-week contracts with coaches because th- that what? is the breaking news to me I had no idea you were allowed to do that sure why not nothing else is going on I mean you you, you want to have somebody come in for a couple of weeks and kind of be a consultant for you yeah absolutely go for it I, I wouldn't even have signed a contract I would have just said give me ten thousand dollars and I'll be there Bob, is it disrespectful that the line didn't move all week, that it stayed at minus one and a half Philadelphia? Well, I think it's disrespectful in the minds of Patrick Mahomes and everybody in that uh, in that organization. And as fired up as they were for that championship game two weeks ago, they're equally as fired up for the Super Bowl, just talking to some folks around the team and, and whatnot and kind of getting a feel for where they are right now. This team is, is ready to roll, and, and they're not just going to Glendale to have a Super Bowl week party. They're going to go there and come back with Lombardi because this is the final step of the disrespect tour, I guess you could say, for Patrick Mahomes and company that started last March when you know the Chiefs made the big trade to send that wide receiver to Miami and everybody said they were going to be terrible this year and well here they sit hours away from clinching their second Super Bowl championship in the last couple of years Bob I, I talked to this at the start of the show and you mentioned the disrespect tour and the whole deal have you noticed you've been in town you didn't go to Phoenix have you noticed in town there's less buzz less hype less energy than that first Super Bowl Miami I I was curious as to why and if you've noticed there's less anticipation for this one than that first one well, I, it's funny you mentioned that because I said that to my wife yesterday. I said, I feel like it's kind of like like subdued a little bit. Like, like you know, where's all the, the action, if you will? And she goes, no, I, I'm getting the feel. You know, she's a school teacher, so she sees all the kids and everybody there wearing red every day and, and doing all that kind of stuff. But I was in Miami, so I don't know what it was like back here for that for that week leading up to it. But I imagine being that first Super Bowl in 50 years, there probably was a lot of anticipation for this. And, and I was talking to somebody who works in baseball the other day, and they said, what's the buzz like in Kansas City right now? And we were kind of talking about it. He goes, people aren't getting bored, are they, with the winning? And I go, God, I hope not, because for so many years, we didn't have winning here on either side of the parking lot. We know what that was like. It was it was awful. And the one thing that I, I hope never happens is that we become the Atlanta Braves fans where, you know, they're doing playoff games and half the stadium's empty because they've been there, done that. You've got to enjoy every one of these like it's the first one you've ever had and it's the last one you'll ever experience because there's no guarantees that anything 
is going to be, you know, passed today when it comes to professional sports. Who knows what could potentially happen? And so if, if there are people out there who are like, oh, we're back to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. This is the way it's always going to be. I hate to break it to you. No, it's not. And, and you've got to enjoy every single one in its own uniqueness. And that's kind of, you know, what I'm doing. I'm going to treat tonight like it's the first time I've ever seen this team in the Super Bowl. And it's going to be the last time I've ever seen this team in the Super Bowl. And if you don't appreciate each one along the way, then you're just spoiled, and then I got nothing to say for you because you're wasting these opportunities to enjoy what's being presented to us because it's so rare. I feel like you've already got the forehand seltzers on the ice for this game, Bob. Oh, well, they've been in the refrigerator for days. I'm ready to go, Dustin. Man. Okay. I mean, I mean, how, how, how could you not be like? Yeah, you this, can't this, stop if you don't start. That's exactly right. <laughs> and this is, this is one of those games, though, where I just kind of take a step back and look, and, and I hate to be the I told you so guy. Yeah. But like when all this stuff was going on, I just kept saying this team is still going to the Super Bowl. You mm-hmm. still have Patrick Mahomes and you still have Andy Reid. And as long as those two guys are there, this is going to be a Super Bowl contender every year. And that's why when I look at like all the nonsense that has taken place this week and, mm-hmm. and, and using the disrespect card, everybody on Philadelphia and all the national people think Philadelphia is going to win and Philadelphia this and Philadelphia that. I'm like, I think the two most important positions on the field on game day are head coach and quarterback, and the Chiefs have a wide margin of victory with those two positions alone versus what the Eagles have. Bob, um, I said Friday night it'd be kind of nice if all the players went in there and wrote Andy on their left foot like they do in Toy Story because I feel like the first time they did uh, the Super Bowl run, it was kind of for the city for whatever reason. It kind of just felt that way. Uh, It felt like the last time we went to a Super Bowl, that narrative kind of felt like – Okay, this one's for the franchise. Let's put two in the in the in the glass case and put it make it three total. This one kind of feels like it's I told Rob this in, in production, but I feel like this is one that's gonna if if they do win, it's it's gonna get that corny line like this one's for Andy, but it it, it most definitely is. I mean it's your it's your previous team, your current team, and and this would really put a bow on Andy Reid's career winning two Super Bowl rings uh as a head coach. Well, and beating your old team that fired you, too. I mean, right. we've all been scorned, and I know, Dusty, you're probably more on this side than, than Rob is because you're more like me. Is that like <laughs> revenge is a dish best served cold? And so yeah. I would want to go out there if I'm Andy Reid, and I want to bludgeon these guys 41 to nothing. And I would, you know, have, uh, you know, Howie Roseman, you know, kind of the, the old GM who fired me. I'd like to laugh in his face when this whole thing is all done. You fired me, and I just beat your ass in the Super Bowl, and I got mm. two, and you only got one. It's the you know, the transition, but Derek Johnson talked to us a couple of weeks ago about, you know, that first time in 2013, when Andy went back to Philadelphia and they just had a different feel and sense about what that game meant for Andy. And I I think these players clearly understand how big this game is for Andy Reid. He's not going to tell anybody it's a big game. He's going to, you know, great team looking forward to the challenge, yada, 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 all that stuff. But, but deep down inside, you got to think, man, I, I got it. I got an opportunity on the biggest stage to exact revenge against this team that said I wasn't good enough for them anymore. Let's go. And and I think the players are going to buy into that. And I really do think this is one that they're going to go out there and win for Andy. Bob, you mentioned the players buying into that. I, I believe behind closed doors, like Derek Johnson has said, anyone who was on that 2013 team said that game where they went back to Philly was big for Andy. I assume this one's big for Andy too. But among fans, this game doesn't seem to have that vitriol, that hate the AFC Championship game did. Chiefs fans hated the Bengals. They wanted to destroy the Bengals. It seems like there's a respect factor with the Chiefs and Eagles. You know, Eagles fans respect Andy. Chiefs fans respect the Eagles fans. Everyone loves the Kelsey New New Heights podcast. Yada, yada, yada. Is it weird that it seems like the most respectful Super Bowl of all time is on deck? 
Well, I, I think that's good because both teams are the you know the number one seeds, the two best teams in the NFL playing in this, and and there's no history to have that hate and vitriol, right? Like Andy can, but like as fans of of, of the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles are kind of a I don't, I don't want to use the term an irrelevant team, but you only see them what once every four years or something like that. So it's it's not like a team that you have this you know, this past history with from an on-the-field standpoint. I mean, if you ask people to remember Chiefs and Eagles matchups over the years, they're going to look at you with a blank stare and go, I have no idea. I don't know, maybe Kelsey did that fly-eagle-fly thing one time. But, you know, you don't really remember the, the matchups. The Cincinnati thing, that's the real rival now for the Chiefs. I mean, that that is a team that has developed into the heel of the AFC, and you need a heel. You need a team that you, that you hate. And I think Cincinnati fits that mold very, very well. And as long as Joe Burrow's there and Patrick Mahomes is here, it looks like those two teams are going to be facing off year in and year out. And they're better than Buffalo, and they've got smack talking that's better than anybody you've seen, and it, and it you know, backfired against them. And I think that's part of the reason why you haven't really seen either side talk a lot of trash this week because the Chiefs lived off that trash that was talked by the Cincinnati Bengals. The Eagles aren't going to do that. They're not going to give Patrick Mahomes and company one more petty thing to kind of build off of to have a reason why they want to go out there and kick your ass. Bob, I think I know the answer to this next question, but I have to ask anyway. By the way, our guest predictions are brought to you by Ag Power, John Deere, and Papa Murphy's. Bob, give us your prediction. 35 nothing. 35 nothing, Chiefs. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, Bob, uh, enjoy the game. Have fun. Uh, soak it all in. Like you said, it may not be the last one, but it may be the last one. So uh, have fun with that. Enjoy the cocktails, and we'll talk to you on Monday. All right, brother. You guys take care and enjoy the game. And you're right. Enjoy it like it may be the last one we ever see, because it could be. You never know. There we go. Bob Fesco joins us here on, uh, I don't know, SB 57 on 610 Sports Radio. Extended that, pregame is what the sweepers are saying. That's so we'll right. call it that. Extended pregame. How do you have an extend? All right, anyways. Well, well pregame is. The yeah. network starts at two, right. one. I lied, one. So one yeah. o'clock, one o'clock. Yeah, I remember extending, leading in. Well, a uh, lot the of extending. Free game. A lot of extending today. A lot of extending. Binkley will be here later. Speaking of that, um, C dot in studio in about fifteen minutes. But we come back. We'll react to what Rappaport and Schefter have tweeted about the Vic Fangio thing. Uh, Two week contracts must be nice. Listening to extended Super Bowl pregame coverage with Dusty Likens and Rob Breton on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Back on an extended Super Bowl coverage here on 610 Sports Radio. Grant Nicholson, Rob Breton, Dusty Likens with you. Every guest will join us today. We'll be a 610 host, producer, personality, contributor. Yeah, fan favorite. Yeah. I forget what Nick said his score was, but I know Fesco's 35-0. I think uh, under, uh, he had it. Nick was 24-23. Yeah, because he had the under. What a loser. 47? Life's too short to bet the under, Nick. I was going to say, 51 is the over-under. I think I'm going to go over on Ooh, that. Ooh, I got it at 50. I'm not going to lie to you. You 50? I got it early. Nice. nice. I didn't bet the over-under. I did bet Chiefs money line, Patrick Mahomes MVP, and I threw a flyer on Chris Jones to win MVP. $10 on plus 4,000 would pay out $410, and I'm all about that. Because I think there is a chance. Again, I'm trying to speak it into existence. There is a chance that Chris Jones could win that award. Chris has to create a turnover, though, for he, that He should have won right? the award the last time they won the Super Bowl, but he didn't because it's, or the, Damian it's Williams. the quarterback award. Yeah. That's why, by the way, we'll talk about gambling later in the show because, again, we have plenty of time. Uh, Mahomes at plus 125 right now to win MVP. That's what I have. Quarterbacks win MVP. He's the quarterback. I mean, He didn't last of- year. Oh, yeah, well, Cooper Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady won it, what, five times? Yeah. Five times. And the, Peyton Manning won it twice. 
that in he was both his wins. Yeah, both of his wins. It is the quarterback award. Yeah. Last year was kind of the Cooper Cup. You had a great season. We're not going to give you MVP, but yeah. you get Super Bowl MVP and you get yeah. Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. You get the runner-up. It was um, the we feel bad that we don't give MVPs the receivers award. <laughs> Speaking of feeling bad and not getting any awards, Vic Fangio signs a two-week contract with Philadelphia. He'll be with the team today, then go right back to Miami as he is the Dolphins' defensive coordinator for next year's season. Kind of interesting, um, intriguing, mind-boggling to me. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a red flag. It doesn't make you, it's, to me, it's up there with how we ended the show last time we did this two weeks ago where it was like, out of of nowhere, Jay Glazer's out here saying that Travis Kelsey is like a game-time decision with the back, and then Kelsey goes out there and scores a touchdown, looks like his original self. I don't think this is something that should cause you to be like, oh man, you know, nail biting type of news, but it is something that will be brought up within the extended, uh, there you go. There's your man. You go with the extended. Okay. Sorry. No, you're good. But, uh, (laughs) but that's the Rashford is good. Can't stop scoring. Rashford is just a stud. A lot of crossover soccer. Sorry, but no, uh, Vic Fangio and the Eagles. What is it? Hey, they like to do this again. You can have the theory. You can have the the guy that might know who's able to slow it down. He was never able to stop it. He might have been able to not make it a, you know, a bleed out effect. But if you're going to give sides of the Chiefs, you've got to give sides of Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yes, in the biggest game of its, you know, season, same as the Chiefs, are doing everything they can to make sure that nothing leaks out. There's no secret passageway that can explode from the inside. That's two Star Wars references from mm-hmm. me in the first hour. And especially with this topic. But for the Philadelphia Eagles side, it kind of, for the Chiefs perspective, it's like, do they trust their defense? Like their defense was supposed to be really good. Why do they need to bring in this guy? Is it solely because it's the Chiefs? Probably. But it's also like, why are you throwing a, you know, a chink in the armor? Like, why are you messing with the, with what got you here? So to me, you can have your, you know, your speculations on one side, but also you can have on the other side with Philadelphia too is 70 sacks, 55. That's one and two. Vic Fangio, AFC coach, didn't last, got fired because of Patrick Mahomes, because of Andy Reid, yet here you are. So look at it as you want, call it how you want it. I don't really have any fear into this. I just think it's kind of interesting that there are two-week contracts in yeah, the NFL. I, I'm not scared of this happening. I think it is worth noting. I pulled the stats. In the six matchups, Vic Fangio had the Chiefs. Chiefs only scored 30 twice. And Mahomes only threw for 300 twice. So, <laughs> yes, he was 0-6. And sure. he was not a good head coach. But he at least had a formula to an extent that, you know, may not slow down, may not stop, may not halt it, Patrick Mahomes. But he at least caused some turmoil for the Chiefs, caused yeah. some confusion, caused some irritations. I mean, looking at these games, the Broncos lost all of them. There's, there's a 22-9 in here. There's a 23-16 in here. I mean, there's a 30 to 17, but it was a late touchdown. The chiefs iced the game down. These weren't 45 to 10. These right. weren't the chiefs slapping around like the Raiders, for example, a couple of times with Derek Carr. These were close games. So I, I think actually it's very smart by Nick Sirianni mm-hmm. to say, okay, here, where's a guy who's available that at least has a background knowledge and a modicum of success against Patrick Mahomes to go get him. I don't think it changes anything. I don't think it's earth shattering news, but I do think it's noteworthy that a guy who, has at least a background knowledge and has had a level of success against this Chiefs elite offense is now on the Eagles staff last two weeks saying, okay, here are some things we did. And the Broncos are doing those things with far inferior talent. 
I think it's noteworthy. I think it's notable. I don't think it changes anything, but it's it's a fun little subplot today that we get on a Sunday morning. Speaking of subplots, we'll have plenty more of them throughout the day. We're here till one o'clock. Then Chiefs coverage for your Super Bowl Fifty Seven uh, experience on the radio will start with one hundred six five. You know, do a little uh, simulcast with them as well as our sister station. We broadcast that with Mitch, Dana, and Josh Klingler. Josh Klingler later on, 11-15. Coming up next, uh, it's Rob's guy. It's uh, Carrington Harrison mm-hmm. in studio up until 10 o'clock. We do all that on extended Super Bowl coverage here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to extended Super Bowl pregame coverage with Dusty Likens and Rob Breton on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Extended Super Bowl pregame coverage here on 610 Sports Radio. Rob Brayton, Craig Nicholson, Dusty Likens with you. Uh, we're just, well, we're just many, 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 many more hours away until this game happens. Uh, Carrington Harrison of the drive-in studio now will join us to give us some thoughts and, and I don't know, some key points of this game. You've been covering all week. You've had all your guests. Who do you think, I guess, maybe out of all the guests you've had this week, who do you think had the, the the strongest take when it comes to this game with all the, the people involved in the that are around this game that you've had on your show? I mean, the strongest take that I can think of was we had Vince Quinn on the show. Boy, he said, lit it on fire. Yeah, that said <laughs> that he doesn't think the Chiefs can beat the Eagles. The Eagles would beat themselves Ugh. in this game. I actually want to talk to you guys about the Vic Fangio Yeah, thing. go ahead. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. I actually didn't know. I went on uh, Danny's show earlier this morning. And Parkins, for those people that don't realize. Yeah, that. he was the one that told me about it. I actually didn't see it. I, I think it's pretty smart by the Eagles. Fangio's defenses have had success against the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you're the Eagles, how much do you think you gave Vic Fangio for two weeks of work? Half a mil. Yeah, that, and that's a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah and, and I would say that's probably the high end. I would say mm-hmm. half a million dollars for the two weeks is probably the high end of what you paid him. If it gives you an advantage in the Super Bowl and helps you cut down on some of your prep time because you got somebody in the mix that is pretty familiar with Kansas City's offense and scheme and has coached against them fairly recently. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty smart move by the Philadelphia Eagles. It might be one of those trailblazing moves that over the next couple of years, we just see and hear more of this. Hey, the Eagles were the first team to do this. Are more teams going to try to get this advantage right before a playoff game, right before a big divisional game? We try to hire somebody here to come in and help with some of the prep and do those things, and we just cut them on their way. I find it interesting because I felt like this defense that Philadelphia has is good on its own. Like there's, there's ways that these things can happen that can change things. Or maybe there's something that you're putting more pressure onto as a, as an analogy I can give it, you know, you go into a, you know, a golf match or like a baseball, you know, whatever you are, a pitcher. And you're like, you know what? I know that I have my strengths. I know what works for me. We've done it all year. Now it's like, let's kind of, you know, put a rift in our system. And, and I think that can cause, you know, things to maybe go differently than maybe you expected because you're overthinking something. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's the Super Bowl, and when you've got two weeks and you're going up against a team, which in Philadelphia, I know you played them once last season, but the offense of the chiefs is just so different than the last time that you played them. You're trying to give yourself every possible advantage right. in this game. I, Rob and I talked about this a lot over the course of the week. I, I just have questions about Philadelphia's defense. Every time they played an offense that could score, they scored points this year. Like if you were under the belief that Philadelphia has a great defense, you have to show me in what game they exhibited that they had a great defense. Like did they play some team that they held Cincinnati to 13 points that you're kind of saying, see, look, 
I think they can do this on Sunday against the Chiefs. I just don't think that example's there. By the way, Carrington, all our guests are brought to you by Ag Power, your local authorized John Deere dealer, and by Papa Murphy's. Get any medium two-topping mm. pizza for just six ninety-nine in store at PapaMurphy's.com. Mm. You mentioned all week we talked about it. What is the Philly defense? They've really hammered the Danny Dimes people of the world, but they gave up points to Aaron Rodgers. Maybe this is just the scars of Super Bowl pass, but I think the matchup to watch in this game is that Eagles front seven against the Chiefs O-line. Chiefs fans know more than anyone. Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown Jr. are turnstiles. If Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox start dominating the game, this one can get out of hand. Is it fair to say this game is an upfront game more than any other position on the field? Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you're picking the Eagles, you're picking the Eagles for two different reasons. You're picking the Eagles because you believe they have more talent than the Chiefs and they're the more complete roster, which I think you can make a strong argument that that's the case. And I think you're picking them because you don't think the Chiefs can block them up front. I mean, the Eagles have the most sacks in the NFL by a mile. They have 15 more sacks in second place. They have the third most sacks of any team in the history of the league. So we're talking about a team that is not just great at getting pressure. We're talking about one of the greatest teams in league history at their ability to get to the quarterback and to get pressure. If you're picking the Eagles, you think that Mahomes is going to be disrupted by their front four. I do wonder some of the numbers we talked about, kind of the teams that they've gone up against. We had Vince Quinn on, and he was talking about how the run defense is fixed from the Mm -hmm. last time. So is this a team that you can still run the football against? Because we saw for, I would say, most of the season, you could run the football against the Eagles. They went out and got in Dominican Sue. They did a couple of things near the deadline to try to shore that up a little bit. I do wonder if the Chiefs try to run the football and if they show a commitment to doing so today. You think Andy Reid's going to show a commitment to run the football? I think we had the same conversations leading into the AFC Championship game, and Pacheco got a handful of carries and did nothing. I I think you can run against the Eagles. I don't know that Andy Reid will run against the Eagles. I mean, I think the Chiefs tried to run against Cincinnati. I just think they realized pretty early on that we just can't do it today. I think they tried to run it. Remember, Ronald Jones got a carry. He got zero yards. McKinnon got a couple of carries. He didn't have a really good day. Pacheco, they gave him chances. So I think they started to utilize that quick screen game, and then that was their run game. Like, Pacheco had 60 yards receiving in the game. That's not really a guy they throw it to a whole lot. They normally throw it to Jarek McKinnon. So I do hear you about showing a commitment to the run, at least in the AFC Championship game. I think they use the screen game as a replacement for the run game because running it traditionally. Now, I do wonder in this game, are you going to be able to do that exact same thing? Are you going to be able to beat the Eagles with 42 yards rushing the way that they beat Cincinnati last week? What's in better shape, Mahomes' ankle or Hurts' shoulder? Mahomes' ankle? I think Jalen Hurts is probably more hurt than they're letting us know about. Okay, I think he's probably a little bit more hurt. I think the real test is going to be no team has really forced the Eagles to challenge them vertically in this playoffs. They were up so big against the Giants. They ran the ball for almost 400 yards in the NFC championship game. There was no reason to really throw it downfield. Like you could just do what you were doing. And Mm -hmm. there was no chance that San Francisco was going to be able to score. I think that's the test. If it's third and eight and Hertz has to throw the ball 15, 17 yards down the field, how accurate is he going to be in that situation? If it does become a vertical passing game and the Chiefs are able to force them to be the Eagles go down the field, do you trust their corners against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? Because those are two of the best receivers in the league, and you could argue two of the best they've seen all season. How are the Chiefs getting pressure on the quarterback? I think that's, that's okay. the real. I think, I think that's the question <laughs> in this. I mean, it, there, there's, really, there's really two kinds of versions of the Chiefs. I think there's like 
Superman Mahomes were like, you're just not beating him. Like, Mahomes has just decided today that I'm the best player in the world and you just have no chance. And then it's the version of the Chiefs that gets to the quarterback. Like, do they get that version today? If they get, if they get that version today, I think they can win. Does Chris Jones get a sack and a half? Does Frank Clark get another playoff sack? Does George Karloftis make a play, a guy who's gotten to the quarterback in the last six weeks or so? Carlos Dunlap. I think those guys will ultimately define if the Chiefs win or not. If they're getting pressure on Philadelphia, it's a game that they're winning. What's your score prediction before you get out of here? 31-27 Kansas City. I mean, my, my biggest thing with Philadelphia, I just haven't seen them in a lot of situations with live bullets. Can we point to one game in which they've been challenged this year? Have, can we find a game in which it was six minutes to go, the Eagles were tied 27-27, and they had to put together one drive to go down the field to score, or they had to get the one stop to get their offense the ball back so their offense could then go down the field and score. They just haven't been in a lot of those live situations where Kansas City has. I'm going to trust the coach. I'm going to trust the quarterback. Andy Reid is 28-4 and four coming off a of bye week. I also think this is just – I think this is Patrick Mahomes' great Super Bowl performance. I think he throws for 305 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and Kansas City wins. By the way, guest predictions are brought to you by Ag Power John Deere and Papa Murphy's. Carrington, thanks for coming in, buddy. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, man, have a good day. Could be a really good weekend for Carrington. The prayer of a shot that went nothing but net for Mizzou against mm-hmm. Tennessee, top 10 team on the road. Then Kansas City wins. Boy, is that show easy. I on know Monday. college basketball teams <laughs> winning. Grant, what's that like? Oh, come on. Time for time for ad break, don't we think? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> You're listening to extended Super Bowl pregame coverage with Dusty Likens and Rob Breton on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.